Welcome to Teach Musical.ly, the music teacher's resource for business and pedagogy solutions. My name is Michelle. And I'm Leanne. Today's podcast is all about the six questions you should ask a parent who is considering signing up for lessons with you. There are the obvious questions such as, do you have an instrument at home? Or which days of the week are you available? But that's not what this podcast is about. The six questions we'll go over today go much deeper and will help reveal what kind of client this parent could be and if that aligns with the type of studio you are trying to build. In other words, we aren't saying that there are right and wrong ways for clients to answer these questions. It is up to you to interpret their responses to see if they are a good fit for your studio. Let's dive in with the first question you should ask. Why do you want your child to learn music? I like to ask this question for a couple of reasons. Number one, it gives you an idea who is interested in pursuing lessons the parent or the child. Typically, if a child starts out with an interest in learning, it's a good sign that they will be enthusiastic about lessons. On the contrary, if it is the parent's idea to take lessons and the student has no interest, this could present you with some challenges. However, this isn't a be-all, end-all situation. Some students start out with all the enthusiasm in the world and then quickly lose interest, whereas others start out with no interest and they learn to enjoy music. Another reason why this is a great question is because it will reveal the parent's intention behind taking lessons. You will quickly learn if a parent sees lessons as a casual hobby for their child or if they plan to take study very seriously. You may get a response like, I just want them to have fun. Or maybe something like, I want them to work towards exams and competitions. Michelle, what kind of response do you like to hear when you ask a prospective client, why do you want your child to learn music? The ideal answer to that question for me would be, my son or daughter has been showing some interest in music. They enjoy singing tunes from their favorite shows and dancing at home, so I want them to continue to learn and expose them to music so that they can carry this skill into their adult life, even if they choose a path other than music. But while I want them to have fun and learn, I would also want them to work hard. For me, this is an ideal answer because I want a studio that has serious students who are eager about music. When I mean serious, I'm not necessarily referring to students who want to enter exams or competitions, but serious enough that parents will recognize their child's interest in music, will be involved in their lessons and practice at home, and a student whose family environment values a good work ethic. All right, let's move on to our second question, which is, which other extracurricular activities is your child currently enrolled in? In my studio, I do require my students to practice regularly. So if they are involved in a different activity every day, I know that most likely they will not have the time or energy to commit to good quality practicing. Students, especially younger children, only have so much mental energy, and if they are overscheduled, they will not only have a hard time practicing, but they will probably have difficulty concentrating in lessons as well. Unfortunately, I have been in this situation before, where a child is so exhausted from a hectic schedule that they can hardly focus in their lesson. It is clear to me they are on autopilot and not really learning. Yes, it's really unfortunate and it's not fair to the child. This question also is a good segue into our next one. Can you commit to daily practice and are you willing to help your child practice? If you work with young children, you know that they really need the support from a parent to succeed in lessons. These days, in many households, both parents work full-time jobs. So the reality is that they might not have enough time to commit to helping their child with piano practice regularly. However, this is more of a question about priorities. If a parent views an activity as important, they will prioritize it and help their child practice. I completely agree. 
I have students from families with lots of young kids and two working parents who still take the time to help their child practice because piano is important to them. Some parents have more free time, but if they do not prioritize practicing and helping their child, they simply won't do it. That's why it's good, as you said, Michelle, to ask the parent directly if helping with practice is something they can do. Helping with practice can also range from simply enforcing practice by reminding their child to do it, to actually sitting down with the child and working through the assignments with them. Depending on your expectations for your students, you may want to go into more detail with the parent about what kind of involvement they will need to have. Let's move on to question number four. Has your child taken lessons before? If so, why did they stop or why did they choose to switch teachers? If a student is searching for a new teacher, it's a good idea to find out why things didn't work. Sometimes you will get a simple answer like the teacher moved or stopped teaching altogether. Other times you will get some insight into what the parent and student disliked about their former teacher. If the parent says that their previous teacher was disorganized, impatient, unprofessional, not good with children or any other legitimate concern, it is good information to know and it tells you what they are looking for for a better experience for their child. However, if a parent complains about something that you cannot offer in your studio, that could be a red flag. For example, if they mention that their previous teacher was not flexible enough with their scheduling and charged late fees, this should concern you if that is something you enforce in your studio as well. From here, you can follow up with our fifth question. How would you describe the ideal teacher for your child? This gives the parent an opportunity to describe exactly what their child needs. The answer they give you could pull you in one of two directions. If you are actively looking for new students, you can adapt and adjust your teaching style and methods to fit what the student is looking for. On the other hand, if you have limited spots in your studio and the teacher this parent is describing does not sound like you at all, then it could be a good time to let them know that you're not the right fit for them. The last question you should ask a prospective student is, is there anything I should know about your child that could affect the way I approach teaching them? This is a great way to open up a conversation about personality type. Is the child very independent, shy, or a visual learner? These are all things that are great to know and can help inform the way you teach them. This question is also a gentle way to generate a discussion about any learning disabilities this child may have. Sometimes parents will hold back this information. But as teachers, we know that it is so important to be aware of anything that could affect the way a child learns and behaves such as autism, dyslexia, or ADHD. Of course, this is not information we should pry for, but rather we can steer the conversation in that direction. I know that some parents are unwilling to disclose their child's special needs, especially in front of their child. So I do have a section in my studio policy that gives them the opportunity to write any information regarding this topic if they want to disclose it in private. Leanne and I are full-time teachers and we have met with a lot of prospective students. So let's talk a little bit about some red flags we've encountered when we've asked these questions. I once asked a prospective client what they wanted their child to achieve in piano lessons. The parent responded by saying she wanted her daughter to finish her ARCT, which is the highest level of the RCM exam system here in North America, by the time she finished eighth grade. The reason was because she wanted her daughter to be done with piano before high school. I really didn't like this answer because it showed me that this parent doesn't really care about music as a lifelong hobby or vocation for her daughter, but rather just saw it as another certificate to add to her resume. Also, achieving this by age 13 
while possible, is very ambitious. Michelle, what are some red flags you've encountered? I too have had similar experiences as you, Leanne, but with an adult student. This student had never had any experience in music whatsoever, and they came to me with the insistent wish that they wanted to be taking the entrance exam for a music university in two years. And that was an interesting one. This signaled to me, amongst other things, that lessons will probably be tough and a humbling experience. I knew that they most likely would be a short-term student unless they had the personality and dedication to work through their high hopes. The other big red flag for me is when I had a student transfer from another studio and the parent, not the student, tells me this. She used to be so good, she got great marks in an exam and awards and competitions. I just want her to practice and I want you to make her love music again. I'll often look over to the student and see that they are very lifeless and clearly wanted to be somewhere other than my studio. This is a huge red flag for me because it tells me that the issue is probably not the student, but the parent. The parent has probably been forcing music lessons on their child and making them take exams or competitions. Oftentimes, the student doesn't hate music. I mean, who can? But their love for music has been beaten out of them. The other red flag for me is when the parent says, I want you to make them like music again. Because it tells me that the parent thinks it'll be the teacher's job to do everything, to teach, to make them practice, to take exams, and to love music. As teachers, we can do our best and use all the tricks we have and try to connect with the student, but we definitely can't force them to like music. It's like that saying, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. If you have a situation like this, it's a red flag in my opinion. It is not your job to please the parent and make the student go back to practicing in competitions. It's more like mending the student's soul by connecting with them on a deeper level. At the end of the day, the parent wants their child to be happy, and they want the experience of music at home to not be a drag. Oftentimes, when the parent sees that their child is happy, they will be happy too. We hope you found this podcast helpful and that you'll use some of these questions at your next interview with a prospective client. What are some questions that you always make sure to ask a client? Any red flag stories like ours? Let us know in the comments below. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe for more great podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at teachmusically.com. Until next time, happy teaching!